This is episode 401 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's articles are How to Grow Potatoes in a Bucket and 10 Winter Garden Tasks for People Who Just Can't Wait to Get Started. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey, from time to time, people ask me, hey, Todd, how can I support you, what you're doing with Prepper Website and the Prepper Website Podcast? And, you know, I don't have a donate button. I don't do Patreon. I don't do anything like that. Um, you know, you can purchase the ebook that I mentioned uh, on the podcast usually, or you can make your purchases through Amazon. So if you're going, if you're making purchases on Amazon anyway, if you would go through our link, which you can find on any of the websites on Prepper Website, the Prepper Website Podcast.com, even on Ed That Matters, um, you, if you go through those links and whatever you purchase, we get a little percentage. It's a small percentage. So we're we're an affiliate for Amazon. And so, like I said, it's a small percentage, but it does it does help out. So that's one way that you can help support the Prepper website and or and the Prepper website podcast. So I uh, just wanted to kind of throw that out there before we get started. I do get that question from time to time, and I also get people who will email me like, "Hey Todd, I made this purchase, and then you know, does it show up for sure? Do you know that you got it?" And sometimes you know it's delayed on Amazon. So, uh, you know, things that people purchase today might not show up for two or three days. That's just the way it, it kind of is. But, uh, you know, for the most part, if you go through the link, um, it will it will work. And uh, so, again, I do appreciate when people do that. All right. So let's go ahead and jump into our first article of the podcast. It comes to us from BackdoorSurvival.com. And it's entitled How to Grow Potatoes in a Bucket. You know, again, gardening is very important. I think it's, everyone should be doing some form of it. Even if you're in an apartment complex, you can still do potatoes in a in, in a bucket, right? And so you, there's a lot of things you can do. You can do tomatoes in a bucket. You can do uh, potatoes in a bucket. There's a lot of things you can do. And so this is one of those things that are, um, you know, th- that maybe if you are desiring to get into gardening and maybe you're not ready to tear up your whole backyard you're not ready to bring in a bunch of dirt this is something that you can do and kind of you know just get a feel for it and see if it's something that you might want to do on a regular basis so this is not a very long article but uh, you know it tells you how to walk through it it walks you through how to do it and it also gives you some information on on potatoes and why uh, you might consider that for your gardening crop so let's go ahead and start potatoes are an excellent source of food for a prepper garden Nutritionally, a large potato has 280 calories and 63 grams of carbohydrates and 7 grams of protein. Root vegetables are important to those of us who are concerned about the disruption of food supplies during a crisis. The big deal is that root vegetables can stay in the ground and be around when you need them. In a situation where there is no power, root vegetables that are still growing require no power to remain healthy and safe to eat. In terms of vitamins and minerals, potatoes are a good source of vitamin C, which is an important antioxidant. Potatoes are a good source of iron, and one large potato offers around 18% of the RDA for iron. The big deal about potatoes is the level of carbs that they offer. 63 grams of carbs in a large potato 
and that is a mixture of both fast-acting and slow-acting energy. Of the 63 grams of carbs, there are 4 grams of sugar, which is fast-acting energy source. There is also 7 grams of fiber, and the rest is pretty much a slow-burning energy source. This means that 278 calories goes a long way, and that is just about half of the calories needed for a meal. In a 2,000-calorie diet, each meal, assuming that you are eating three meals per day, needs to be in the 670-calorie range. A large potato offers around 278 calories. The overall health outlook for potatoes and diet is fair. If you are sedentary, then potatoes pose a weight gain risk, but if you are active, they can be an outstanding source of positive calories and nutrition. So when do you plant potatoes? First, potatoes are very easy to grow. They tend to not like the hot weather, so the best times to plant them is spring and late summer. If planting in the spring, do so about 15 or so days after your last frost-free day or frost-free day. The risk is that the seed potatoes will rot if the soil is too moist or if there is a freeze that is hard enough to free the water in the ground. If you are planting for fall, then you want to do so after the hotter part of summer has passed. That will be different from place to place. We are in zone 8 and sometimes the winters are cold enough to be zone 7 and the best time of year for us to grow potatoes is in the fall. You have a little bit of variation in the types of potatoes that you plant too. There are early, mid-season, and late-season varieties. We grow two varieties, Norland, which is an early season, and Elba, which is a late variety. We chose these two because they offer some level of disease resistance. Potatoes are prone to severe diseases. One common one is potato scab, which is caused by bacteria. The result is an orbital pitting that works its way into the potato's flesh as the disease progresses. Another disease is potato blight, which is caused by fungi. The results of potato blight is a dry rot throughout the potato tuber. The signs and symptoms of potato blight are brown orbital spots on the leaves with a lighter colored outer ring. If you catch the disease in time, you can snip off the infected parts. Keep in mind that this is a disease that is highly contagious and you should clean and disinfect your pruners between plants. You can do this simply by cleaning or wiping the blades with a paper towel, soap, and water. Alright, so what do you need to grow potatoes in a bucket? You will need a bucket and a preferably a 5-6 to six gallon bucket. You want the bucket to be deep enough that the roots of the plant can bush out with room for the potato tubers to form and grow. You will need to manually alter the bucket by drilling holes either in the bottom of the bucket or in the bottom inch of the bucket along the sides. These holes help the soil to drain and to keep the potatoes from rotting from the overly wet soil. Number two, seed potatoes. The next most important ingredient in the project is seed potatoes. A seed potato is simply a potato that has eyes that are sprouting. Not all potatoes that you buy in the grocery store will grow. Some are treated with a chemical that slows down the growth from the eyes. This is so that potatoes look better longer in the stores. There are a couple of ways to go about choosing your seed potatoes. You can start with your local nursery to see what varieties they carry and if they have recommendations for potatoes that grow well in your area. They might have them or not, depending on the time of year, and often nurseries only stock seed potatoes at certain times. This is true both of local and online nurseries. If you have a local farming group such as a collective, 
they would be a good resource about the types of potatoes to grow and when to plant them. So first, check locally and then try online nurseries for seed potatoes. You might also get lucky and find organic potatoes at a farmer's market or in a grocery store. The key is organic because those should not be treated with the chemicals that slow down sprouting. The third thing you're going to need is soil. Compost, loose, and richly organic. Your soil choice needs to be loose and not full of clay. You want it to hold together but not bind. The reason for this is that the potato roots and tubers need to be able to grow easily and they will not do so if the soil is too compact. I use a mixture of 70 to 30, which is 70% aged compost and 30% sand. And lastly, you're going to need small gravel or coarse sand. You will need about one gallon of small pea gravel or coarse sand. The purpose of the sand is to act as a filter to protect the water drain holes that you will drill into the bucket. This is sand or gravel that is in addition to that which you will add to the soil. Alright, so making it happen. First thing you got to do is drill the bucket. If you live in a really wet area, drill the bottom of the bucket. The drill should be about one-fourth of an inch and you will want 10 to 12 holes. The goal here is that the bucket drains off excess water, but not so fast that the compost does not have time to absorb the moisture. If you feel that the soil is too moist, add more holes. If you live in a hot and dry climate, drill the holes in the side of the bucket in the bottom one inch range. Start with six holes using a one fourth inch drill and add more holes if you feel the soil is too moist. Add the gallon of pea gravel into the bottom of the bucket. You only need an inch of gravel or two inches of sand. You can also mix the two and if you do, use two inches of that mixture. And then add the soil. The soil needs to have a lot of organic material, but should also be well aged. Nothing too fresh because that will attract pests that can harm the tubers. You will want about four gallons of soil in the bucket and you will want to have about six or so inches of space between the soil and the top of the bucket. Next, prepare your seed potatoes. There are a couple of schools of thought on how to do this. Seed potatoes have started to sprout and the eyes are beginning to grow shoots. These will become leaves, not roots. Some people plant the whole potato and others cut the potato up in chunks so that each sprouting eye becomes a seed potato. Either way works. If you are short on seed potatoes, then cut them in half or into quarters. The goal should be to cut up the potatoes to leave enough of the flesh to feed the plant until the roots begin to take up nutrients. Personally, I would not do more than to quarter the potato. When you plant the seed potatoes, whether you cut them or plant them whole, you want the sprouting eyes to face upward. As mentioned, these are going to be the leaves. Generally, you plant potatoes about three to four inches deep, but you can also lay them on the surface of the soil and cover the tuber with a thick layer of leaves or straw. Water the bucket so that the soil is moist but not overly saturated. We water until the water begins to drain from the bucket. When you first plant your potatoes, you will need to overwater the buckets so that all of the soil is moist. After that, water every one to two days until you see foliage and then every third day in hotter climates, you want to water more often. So where do you put your buckets? Potatoes need full sun and about six or so hours of direct sun. It is very possible that soil will leach from your buckets. Top off the soil as needed. You can also add soil or straw as the potatoes begin to grow. There is the method of growing potatoes that are called no-till. 
This is simply about placing the potatoes on the ground and then covering them with straw or soil to produce more top growth and extra tubers. Growing potatoes in a bucket is a mixture of traditional planting and no-till. So how do you harvest your potatoes? You will know when it's time to harvest your potatoes when the foliage turns yellow and dies back. At this point, you can pull the plant and remove the potatoes. Sift the soil as you will be surprised at how many tubers are in the buckets. So this is an ongoing process and you can save a portion of the harvest for seed potatoes for the next growing season. Growing potatoes provides a huge amount of food that can be stored for quite some time. You can also can the smaller potatoes and the larger ones store well if kept in a cool dry spot. By cool, we mean around 45 degrees Fahrenheit and in a darker location. This is one reason why so many pioneers had root cellars. You can expect potatoes to last two to three months if stored properly. Potatoes are perfect for most home gardens. They offer a lot of carbs and calories, which can be very helpful in a food crisis. The fact that they also store well makes these tubers a favorite for many gardeners. All right, guys, that is it for this article. And like I said, or you know, an interesting one that can get you going very quickly into uh, growing potatoes. You know, there's not a lot of uh, you know, there's not a lot of filler here. I mean, it gets right down to the basics of why you would want to have potatoes, why potatoes is a good crop to have, and then how to do it. And so it's pretty easy. I mean, you can follow these steps really easy. And so, you know, you can go to a farmer's market. If you have a farmer's market looking for some potatoes, that was some great advice there. That way, if you are doing uh, a bucket, you know, a lot of the times when you order online or you get it from a nursery or whatever, you are having to buy, you know, a big package or something like that. If you go to a farmer's market and, you know, they will, they'll tell you if they're organic or not. Most of the time they are. Um, you can go ahead and just buy one or two potatoes and cut those up if you're just using one, uh, one bucket, one or two buckets. And so that's a good way to go. Um, you can also do the grocery store. I mean, you know, I don't, I think everybody has had potatoes that at one point or another had started to sprout. And so eventually they will, but, uh, you know, you might not want to go that route. You might want to spend just a few bucks to get some more organic potatoes and, uh, and try it out and see what happens there. All right, guys, I'm going to link to this one in the show notes like always. Again, this one's from Backdoor Survival, and so you can go ahead and uh, click on that one to get to this this article. Our next article comes to us from The Organic Prepper, and this is, again, 10 winter garden tasks for people who just can't wait to get started. Now, sometimes those of us who have the gardening bug you know, it's like you just want to get into into the garden. Now, um, we're still here in the fall, and this might be one of those things where you're you're thinking about it. Some of you still might have vegetables and things in the garden, but uh, when it comes to wintertime, there are some things that you can start doing. And so one of the great things about it is planning ahead. And so those of us, like I said, that have the bug who are always looking for the next growing season, there's some things if you find yourself in, in the time where you can't do anything uh, because it's not the right season, because it's winter or we're getting to the end of fall. Maybe you're getting uh, temperatures where you are. Uh, I mean, down here where I'm at in Houston, it's still prime, uh, you know, prime gardening season. But uh, maybe those of you that are a little further up north, you, if you're feeling those cooler temperatures, and, you know, maybe you, you can start thinking about your your garden in the spring and then what kinds of things you can do in the winter 
or now to help prepare for that. So let's go ahead and start reading. If you're itching for gardening season to start, you're in luck. You can start now with the clean hands, no backache part. Whether or not you've grown a garden before, there are plenty of tasks you can do during the colder months to get ready for spring. Not using this more barren time means that your planting will be delayed and your harvest will not be as good as they would have if you had been ready to go. Planting your garden is a crucial step in getting a decent bounty at harvest time, but there's a lot more to it than just allocating space in your veggie plot. As I discussed last fall in this interview, you need to work on becoming more self-sufficient now, regardless of whether you or where you live. You don't have to have 30 acres in the country to produce at least some of your own food. So here are a few things you can do during the winter. Some of these things require that the snow already be melted, while others can be done even if you're up to your knees. Number one is pick up any down branches. Chop them up into the appropriate size and set them aside for firewood or kindling. They'll need to dry out for a season or two, but it's a good way to add to your wood stash for free. Number two is rake the leaves. If the snow has melted, rake your garden and get rid of smaller debris and leaves. I like this rake because the head is expandable and can work for various nooks and crannies. Either bag up the leaves so they turn into mulch or add them to the compost bin. And so there's some links here um, as far as you know, making mulch from leaves and composting leaves, things that you might be interested in there. Number three is kick the composting into high gear. If you have a smaller space, rotating compost bins are ideal and make compost super fast. They are the perfect size for those who need small amounts of compost for container growing. And so there's a couple of, uh, again, more articles here that you can click on. Number four, dig up any perennial weeds that have survived the winter. If the snow has melted and the ground isn't still frozen rock hard, you can begin attacking those stubborn weeds before things get overgrown. Check every week for new arrivals poking through, especially as we move towards warmer weather. If you have any kind of chronic pain or mobility issues, this nifty tool makes weed removal far easier. Next is decide what you're going to grow. Having a garden that can supply the maximum nutrients to your family will be of prime importance if the time comes when you can't get to the store to stock up. Then order your seeds. Be sure to buy heirloom seeds so you can save them year after year something that will be critical after a long-term disaster. Get a wide variety of seeds for long-term storage, and come on, who doesn't love curling up in front of the fire with a pile of seed catalogs? And so there's, uh, there's links here. If you've never ordered from a seed catalog, there's uh, a link here to the best seed cat- catalogs out there, and uh, so you can get some, some good ideas of where to go. You'll want to order their catalogs early on so you have them ready so that you can go ahead and start ordering and have those seeds ready uh, when the time is come. I mean, the worst thing is, you know, being behind the eight ball there and ordering seeds. And then there is the delay because everyone's kind of waited or they're out of stock on something that you really want. Next is check for restrictions in your neighborhood. The laws and regulations targeting small growers could potentially make growing your own veggies illegal. Many HOAs make it difficult to be self-reliant. Check your local regulations. No one wants to deal with the garden police. And guys, I got to tell you, that is the stupidest thing in the world. I mean, I have people in my neighborhood, they water their front lawns, and I just, 
I just hate to do that because to me it's just a waste. So they're throwing down fertilizer, they're throwing down all kinds of things to, uh, you know, to help make their their front lawn green, and it just bugs me so much, right? Uh, because uh, it's their yards and all that kind of stuff. But then on the other side of that. And my HOA, like if you let your grass grow just a little too long, they're sending you a letter like, please mow and, and edge your, your, your lawn. I'm like, come on, are you kidding me? But, you know, HOAs are and mine doesn't really do this because they can't see it, from, you know, or gardens and stuff like that. A lot of the times HOAs don't have a problem unless they can see into your backyard or if they, you know, if someone is causing some kind of disturbance. But anyway, so they don't really have that problem, but there are some HOAs that will limit you to what you can do. And so it might not that be that big of a deal, right? If it's in your backyard, no one can see it, you're gardening. Um, it might be a big deal if you're trying to bring in a lot of dirt, right? And uh, you're, they're dropping it down. Possibly you have a, a dirt delivery. I know that this, I've had this done before. Uh, you know, they d- deliver it to my uh, driveway and then we move it back there, you know, to the back. And so, that might be a problem for your HOA if they see all that dirt, or even if you're, you know, unloading a whole bunch of uh, potting soil or you know garden soil for your for your uh, for your plants. So anyway, something to think about there. But anyway, that is uh, one of the things to consider. Although we have, it's kind of stupid. We still have to kind of consider that. All right, the number eight is get your greenhouse ready. Greenhouses should be completely emptied. Remember that rodents love to make a cozy home in a greenhouse. If you have one of the plastic ones like this, they should be cleaned top to bottom to ensure no mold, spores, or moss that can affect your tender plants are present. And so there are a couple of links here. Every one of these has links that you can click on. And then number nine is get your pots ready. Do you save the little pots from the nursery to use year after year? Be sure to clean them properly to ensure they are free of anything that might contaminate your new plants. Check them for leaks or cracks before planting in them. And then number 10, test your soil. If your soil isn't too hard to dig up a little, it's a great idea to check the chemistry of your soil so that you can be sure your veggies will thrive. This will help you figure out what type of amendments you will need. And there's some links here that you can uh, click on. And uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, there's a lot of links here for more information on all those topics. The, The testing your soil is important because... There's some things that, you know, if you're adding amendments, you want to add those maybe early on and get those in, mix those into your soil. Um, you don't want to start planting and then, you know, there's some that you don't want to start planting and then mix them into your soil. So that's that's uh, pretty uh, good advice there to check your soil early on. And if there's any amendments that you need, you can go ahead and start adding those, even if it's still a little cooler, even if you're Um, you know, if it's not time to start planting yet, and that's, that would be a perfect time to do that. So some of these things are definitely just not for winter time. It's anytime you can go out there, you know, and you check the weeds and pull the weeds and make sure that 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 type of stuff is being done and uh, just planting it out. You know, there's been, uh, people who have recommended in the past to keep a gardening journal and then just, you know, mark where, you have planted things before in the past. And if you are one of those that maybe um, that you actually weigh your produce and just kind of see how many pounds you get of a certain thing. I mean, you can keep track of it there in that journal. And and maybe if you're keeping detailed information, then you can put things down like, I know that this patch in my yard gets this amount of sun. Um, you know, 
here in this patch over here, um, you know, this vegetable grew really, really well. And, you know, you can this or, you know, this patch over here doesn't have very good drainage. You know, you can you can do all that kind of stuff and then kind of track it and then keep that data so you can make good decisions later on um, the, your next growing season. So that might be something that you might want to start as well. So maybe we'll add that a number 11 here is, uh, you know, start a, a gardening journal and you can go, um, especially now when it's like back to school, you can go get a journal for really cheap, 50 cents a dollar, and you can start, you know, just keeping records in there. And uh, that way, if the poop ever hits the fan, you have you know some good documentation that you can go back on, and you can even use that to start putting other gardening information in there. You know about hey, what kind of varieties grow better, and and all that good stuff. So a lot of things that you can do there. Hopefully you get the bug. Those of you that aren't gardening yet, hopefully you do get the bug to to start doing a little bit, even if it's small, right? Even if it's just a little bit. There's nothing like going out there and seeing a bloom and then seeing it turn into, you know, some kind of uh, fruit, vegetable, and then being able to eventually pull it off and eat it. You know, there's just uh, there's just something about being able to do that. So guys, that's over at theorganicprepper.com. Again, like always, I'm going to link to it in the show notes. And then, like I said, there are a lot of links here. So any of those um, topics that I talked about. There are two to three links that you can go and bounce off of that one. Well, everyone, that is it for episode 401. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Head on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com and that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And take a moment to connect with me. I have a ton of ways to connect in the show notes. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government, grid, or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.